my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that you are doing well wherever you are and feeling loved and supported. So today we are talking about codependence and boundaries. This is our third episode and third and final episode of our me month. So for the last few episodes, I've been focusing on really improving your relationship with yourself by way of looking at how we show up in relationships as a mirror and really coming down to our boundaries. What do we feel like we're worth? Um, what is it that we are asking for? What is it that we are accepting? And so last week, I talked about negging. And negging is um, insults and backhanded compliments that are disguised as feedback. Um, but they're really criticism that's built to dismantle our sense of self-worth and personal power. And this can happen from someone who may be jealous of us, intimidated of us, by intimidated by us wanting to dominate and control us, a whole variety of reasons. So um, you can listen back to that episode if that sounds interesting to you. And then the episode before that, I talked about practicing non-detachment versus avoidance, which I think is a really important topic uh, in this current age of so many of us talking about decentering relationships, no matter what your relationship status, just really learning how to get home to yourself and your relationship with yourself being number one. But how do you balance being connected to yourself and centering yourself without completely isolating yourself from the world, uh, which I think is such a fine line, especially for those of us who are avoidant, who or have tendencies to be more love avoidant, because it is very easy for us to focus on us and to freeze others out and to make ourselves the center of our world. But as far as inviting people in and being vulnerable, having that that sweet balance between self prioritization and connection is, is can be difficult. And so we talked about that. And so today we're going to be talking about codependence and boundaries. And so the connection between that and our relationship with ourselves is, of course, because codependence is the prioritization of other people and their needs over your own. And then also it is this uh, either conscious or subconscious belief that if I take care of them, if I love them enough, if I fix them, if I'm available enough, if I'm patient enough, then I'm going to receive back the love that I want. Again, instead of knowing and and seeing how to give that to yourself. So we're going to be talking about um, the types of boundaries that we need. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, what codependence is. This is going to be a shorter episode than normal, uh, which is totally fine because we're going to be talking more about all these things in our main workshop this upcoming weekend. 
uh, this upcoming weekend. I can't believe time has already flown. On January 20th, I am teaching workshop talking about building a self-romance and learning how to be fulfilled within. This is your last chance to join. So you can join by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash 2024. Um, This is a multi-hour workshop where I'm going to be going deep into the sources of not only our trauma, but also what it looks like to get out of it. And we're going to be doing some practical exercises so that you can take with you to build this connection to yourself um, or continue to add to the connection to yourself for those of you who have already been doing this work around decentering, growing, loving yourself, or those who are in partnerships or wanting to be in partnerships without losing yourself, but want that firm foundation, this is that next step. Okay. So blackgirlsheal.org slash 2024. And that is it for our intro. Let's go ahead and jump on in. Okay, so I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all, and five is, I'm fully connected, how on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. Okay, beautiful people. So like I said, we're talking about codependence and boundaries today. And also as shared, codependence is when you are systematically putting others' needs above your own. Sometimes this is because you find a lot of pleasure and being able to take care of other people and serve them and really love on them because this is a gift. If you've heard me say anything about codependence before, one thing that I know I've said often is that codependence, well, not codependence, that some of the qualities that are underneath codependence are gifts, that they are strengths that we own. So generosity, empathy, sympathy, thoughtfulness, compassion, uh, kindness, mercy, grace, forgiveness, All these are qualities of healthy, well-adjusted people. These are things that you should not be ashamed of, that you should not feel guilty of, that you should not want to try to out-heal out of you, uh, which is something that I see often that sometimes people will um, misdiagnose themselves or inaccurately assess that what is something that is good for them is actually problematic. And then they they think that, for them to be their highest level version of themselves, that they need to erase these parts. And that's not what that means. In fact, those parts may get a little bit more generous 
because you are more full, you're taking care of yourself more, you're prioritizing yourself more, you have more to give, you have more energy, there's not resentment behind it, there's not um, feelings of being neglected or abandoned behind it. Um, You may feel more rested to be able to show up. And also you are learning how to give to people who are actually open and available for you. You know, I I know that what happens when it comes to love addiction and codependence, uh, because every codependent person is not a love addict, but every love addict is codependent. I'll say that again. Not every codependent person is a love addict where they need and they obsess about um, every single person needing to fulfill and um, prove that they are worthy by way of a romantic relationship. Um, However, every single love addict is codependent because they do try to get this love and um, create this love by way of abandoning themselves. And so once you're in alignment, you can be all of these things and more. So you being loving, caring, giving is not the bad thing. It's actually the people that you are uh, usually giving it to. In a room of 100 people, you will find the people where you can never give enough. That they are the people you're usually attracted to people who have so much potential and so much um, promise in them. And everything feels really good except for just a couple of things. And so you are willing to neglect those couple of things and pour into that person, pour into that relationship uh, with the promise and the hope that the love that you want to receive from them is going to be returned. And what makes this codependent is you are completely neglecting and abandoning your own needs. Because usually those one or two things that are the issues, you know, when you the ones that you when you talk to your friends about it or your therapist about it or your your loved ones or family members about it, you kind of downplay it. You know, if you are at a place where you are being honest about what's going on, you may really try to play up the good things. But when it comes to talking about this, you may present it in a way that seems like, well, I got it. Um, I, have my, I have my eyes on it. I I know what I want and I'm not going to let them. Uh, I'm not going to settle for less and I'm going to share my boundaries and everything. But the thing about whatever this issue or issues are that you are waiting on or that you are watching, these things are currently causing you emotional, mental, uh, financial, sexual pain and distress right now. And either you are aware of it and you are hoping that this investment in your time, your energy, your body, your money, your spirit is going to pay off with this fantastical love at the end. Or you are so detached from what you need that you are not aware of how much this is depleting you. And this is usually a recurring pattern. So all this is connected to me month because we can look at our relationships and we can see, is this relationship actually giving me a return, an equal or more return on what I'm investing in them? Am I a better person because of this? Am I happier because of this? Am I healthier because of this? Do I have more money because of this? Do I have more energy and time because of this? Am I more fulfilled in my other relationships because of this? Do I have better hobbies because of this? Am I investing in my talents and my crafts because of this? I'm adding these other questions, these other self-assessment questions, because if I ask any person who's codependent or a love addict who's currently connected to someone who is not really 
matching the amount of love and care and investment that this person deserves, they are going to tell me absolutely yes. They are going to tell me, yes, this relationship gives me everything that I want and that I need, if not more. I just feel so happy and inspired being in this relationship. But it's not because of the relationship. It's because they have a connection. Because remember, at its core, love addiction is thinking that um, a person, a relationship, or the fantasy of who that person or relationship could be is a replacement for love and self-fulfillment. If I get this person, if I get this happily ever after, if everything is fixed, then there will be an internal exhale. I will be able to relax and settle in. And uh, as a love addict or a codependent who has not either started this work or you have kind of what happens sometimes is we will start this work and then we'll meet somebody and then we will think, oh, great, this is the reward for me doing the work that I've been investing in and too quickly you will take your focus off of yourself and start to focus on this person and relationship and lose yourself, right? Um, because you think that uh, what people say about when you love on yourself and when you focus on you, then you'll find that person. And that absolutely happens. However, you have not worn in the patterns of learning how to keep yourself as a priority. If if you had any patterns or routine around that at all. Um, You were probably just starting to examine what your feelings and your thoughts were, which is great, but you needed, you might have needed more time. And so you think when me or someone else presents you with that question, what are you getting from this relationship? Does this relationship make you happy? Your automatic response is yes, because this is honestly also what you feel in your body because you so desperately need and crave that connection. You yearn for it. And to have a person there, to have that companionship feels so magical that all the other deterrents and all the other thing, ways that this depletes you, especially at the beginning, um, they don't compete. <laughs> they, they don't count with this amount of, of care and intimacy that you that you currently have or that you feel like you have. But as time goes on, and as those things that were always kind of red flags from the beginning that you kind of made to look like, well, maybe these are yellow flags or maybe these are orange flags, maybe a pink flag. I might even give it a purple flag, right? Things that you may have clocked, but you were very adamant that you were going to prioritize yourself and um, your self-care and your relationships or whatever else, um, and that it wasn't going to get the better of you. Now that you are in this partnership, now that you are in this relationship and some of the honeymoon has worn off, these things are still there and they are still growing and they're still depleting you and they're still causing frustration and they're still causing some annoyance and they are still not very fun. But you are now even more emotionally committed to this person and more than you being emotionally committed to this person, you're emotionally committed to this fantasy this fantasy and this obligation. So with uh, love addiction, it's more of the fantasy, the fantasy of this big romantic or this big uh, epic change that you imagine would happen. So romantic partnerships, of course, is that this person who um, is a little bit scuffed up, a diamond in the rough, would transform to be who you wanted and needed them to be. So the fuckboy becomes more faithful. The person who is emotionally uh, reserved starts to be more open and um, becomes more thoughtful. The person who financially was uh, a dreamer and didn't really have a lot to 
um, contribute to the relationship with the help of your love and your support now becomes a person who is um, more um, financially adept and more of a contributor in everything, or at least they come back and they thank you. You know, the thing about codependence, and before I go into family relationships or family examples, the thing about codependence, we all have this secret fantasy. You can tell me if you're codependent or if you've been codependent in the past and I'm wrong. We all have this secret fantasy that one day we will be on the receiving end of some type of speech. Bonus if it's in public for some of us. Some of us that we wouldn't want that, but some of us say we wouldn't want that, but we low-key would. We all have this fantasy of being on the receiving end of some speech of someone who says, I couldn't do it without you. Because of you, you helped change my life. Because of you, I'm this better person. You are amazing. That is the ultimate validation. The ultimate validation of your worth, of your investment, that you are a good person, that you are worthy. And unfortunately, we, well, let me say, let me say this first part. What we don't understand is that we are worthy no matter how much we give and take care of somebody else, period. We have worth just by existing. However, the really, the amazing mix of trauma and experiences that we have has not taught us that. Our experiences have taught us, you're okay. You know, you're cool. But when you are giving to somebody, when you're helping somebody, when you're taking care of somebody, man, that's really amazing. You know, that's where we got the praise. That's where we got the attention. That's where the abuse stopped happening, whether or not it was emotional, physical, sexual, whatever. The more we took care of other people, the the nicer things were for us, or at least the easier things were for us, or at least a cessation and some of the pain and neglect happened. And so we've been trained and groomed to associate that love and being seen and being validated and being treasured is measured by how much not only we take care of people, but how much they change for the better and then how much praise and adoration we get on the other side of it. So that's a transformation for romantic partnerships and for family members, you know, that you you give them enough insight or that you're patient enough with them or that you share boundaries enough to where they see the light and they're like, you know what? This is generational trauma. I am sorry. Um, Knowing good and well, no one in your family has said sorry for maybe generations. Um, You know, yes. Hold on. Almost coughed. I'm I'm still a little bit sick. Hold on. Um, Knowing that people have not apologized for generations in your in your family lineage and you are the first right and really hoping and expecting that you the golden child or the superhero of the family or the enabler depending on what role you've played in the past that you're going to come in and completely change the direction of folks and not realizing that your only job job is to save yourself that you were a little girl who was in charge of all the life rafts and the and all the life vests and all the life jackets. And so as a little girl, you're the one who are, who's in charge of throwing, throwing it all out to everybody. So if other people drowned, that was on you. So now that you're swimming and you're staying afloat, you think that you have to go and make sure everybody else swims. And here's the thing. I, we talk a lot um, as a people about building up our communities and building up our 
you know, the helping, helping those who are coming after us. And I think there's value in that. And I think when I'm look, when I'm looking at the micro level for the people who listen to this podcast, I think we have to be very mindful and careful for those of us who may be looking back at people who do not want to be saved. There are some people in your life who like it that way. They like being miserable. They like being cranky. They like being negative. They like being paycheck to paycheck. They like being able to complain about how things are not going well for them. They like being very comfortable being on the cusp of something happening for them, but then it doesn't happen because then they get to blame other people for why it doesn't work out. These are all identities that they have picked up. It is not external factors that have given it to them. Um, And if there are external factors, they have picked up the mantle and that is what they feel comfortable with. And so you will waste a whole lot of time and energy focusing on other people to to take care of instead of taking care of yourself i can't remember what it's called but there is um gosh you know there are all these different types of personality quizzes and tests and everything all over the internet right and so there is one there is one that is called sacred monkey sacred money archetypes and the idea is that um Depending on this money archetype, it is how you show up with money in the world. So are you a celebrity? Are you a romantic? Are you a maverick? You know, and once you take the quiz, you kind of understand what all this means. And so it gives you insight on um, living into your main money energy. So one of the one of the types, I believe, is called a connector. And basically, in short, the summary is that you you think about your money and your relationship with money is very connected to other people and what's going on with them. I bring that up because I remember when I was reading about that type, uh, because the person who I learned this from is a business coach. And so she would be talking about getting in front of your customers and knowing all your customers types. And so she said when it came to a connector, a connector is never going to do something for herself just for herself. She's only going to invest in herself if it's for other people's benefit as well. And it made me think about how I've definitely known many women that I've worked with in the past who were for sure connectors. So the reason why they decided to finally join one of my programs or be become one of my, my coaching students, one of my clients, was not because of the emotional distress that they were in, not because of the depression, not because of the anxiety, not because of the sense of shame and guilt, but because they felt like this might help improve their relationship with somebody else or that they could learn something. And, you know, kind of almost as if, well, not expecting themselves to actually feel that much better and expecting things to actually start to go well for them. But maybe if I could get a little bit of some type of relief or change, then I can take it back to other people. Maybe this could help um, my mother by association, help my daughter by association, help my relationship with my partner by association, and kind of, again, putting themselves in the way, becoming a martyr for the health and benefit of another person. And it to go back to the top or to do a callback to what I was saying at first, you being someone who is thoughtful, compassionate, caring, giving, loving, and sacrificial 
in itself are not bad things, but when you do it at ne- to de- to neglect yourself uh, or at consequence of yourself and your emotional needs, that's where the problem comes in at. So am I continuing to stay in relationships where I am not happy, where these things that I have compromised on from the beginning that have been continuing to deplete me, is there a part of me that's going to continue to allow myself to be in harm's way because I really need to be in this partnership. I really need this person's affirmation. I've invested too much time, too much energy, too much trust, too much of my body into this person to actually walk away. Because if I do, it's going to hurt too much because I have made a false internal vow or a belief inside of me that thinks that this person is my source. This person is my source for love. This person is my source for acceptance. This person is my source for validation. This person is my source for companionship, for friendship, for mothering, for fathering, for um, provision, right? Whatever it may be. And so there is a big, big resistance to letting go of something that is not feeding you. That original question of, do you mutually get a lot from this relationship, the blinders are off. It is not as shiny as it was before, but now you are having a hard time admitting to yourself what it actually is because of the investments you've given, because of the um, personal gaslighting that you've done, maybe because of things you may have even said to other people to defend yourself for the relationship. And so there's a little bit of um, um, ego protection or wanting to protect yourself from Uh, shame or embarrassment of having to take this back now. But most importantly, fear. Fear of what do I fill this hole with? What what is going to be here? Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. 
Hosted Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products to support every garden and lawn, Hosted Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coastal Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coastal Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coastal Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit costamaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E, Com. So I said that uh, that comment about the connectors because I've I've learned that with codependence, uh, those of us who struggle with codependence, on on a surface level, on an intellectual level, we understand and we value the concept of self love, and um, and taking care of ourselves, and that we are the prize, and that we are valuable. We get that. But when it comes to the application and how it actually shows up in our lives, if we're still in these patterns of codependence, codependence, it doesn't actually play out that way. It actually plays out that we are still um, liable to being taken for granted and taken on a run and connected to people who do not see us and do not value us, but we don't realize it because they may be saying with the words that they see us and they may be saying with the words that they value us, but the actions are not showing what we actually desire. And ultimately, the reason why that is, is because we may not know what it is that we desire ourselves. If we do know what it is that we desire ourselves, we are too afraid to admit it. If we are brave enough to admit it, we are too scared to uh, believe that it's possible for us. If we are at a place where we can believe that's possible for us, it is too scary for us to stand in it. So So really, we are receiving what we are worthy of or what we think we are worthy of um, because no one can give us something that we are not willing to receive. And so I start off talking a lot about what the problem looks like for us as codependents when it, when it comes to prioritizing other people's needs versus ourselves versus jumping straight in with, you're worthy and here are the things that you need to prioritize. And this is what it looks like when you are um, prioritizing yourself because it doesn't feel as sexy. And low key, it feels kind of lonely. It feels like um, signing yourself up for having all these shiny boundaries, but you are in a gilded cage. You know, it to be sometimes to be in companionship with someone, whether or not that's romantic, a frenemy situation, or even with a toxic family member, even though you're in the middle of the jungle, at least you got somebody with you. And that seems more preferable. But what you don't realize is that person that is next to you, that's your companion, is actually a jaguar. They're actually, you know, going to keep taking nips and bites at you as long as you stand there because you are their prey 
and they are not your friend. They're not your big cat that's helping walk you through this jungle. They are a predator there. And you are just one of the many things that's available in that jungle. And so it really is about you learning to turn back to yourself so you can get out of that jungle and get out into the meadow or the beach or the mountain range, whatever feels more loving and and supportive and fun to you and get away from the predators. And then that's where you will be around creatures, people, (laughs) you know, relationships that are beautiful, that are rich, that are fun. But you can't do that when you are stuck in the muck and the mire. And um, once you find your relationship with yourself, you will start to see that there is real competition in this romantic relationship with yourself, with this internal, genuine, connected relationship with yourself, that there is pleasure there. In our workshop, we will be talking about that, what it looks like to cultivate that. And But what I will say is sometimes what does happen and does what, what does come up that we may talk about briefly, but will be something for you to continue to talk about with your therapist after the workshop is grief. Because sometimes we will need to grieve relationships that we thought were going to come back to life, but never did. We may need to grieve that uh, feeling of lost time, uh, feeling as if we've kind of, um, I'm, I'm doing air quotes, but feeling as if we have wasted time and wasted periods of our life. We may be grieving for the parts of ourselves that we have not loved for so long. And we will be talking about what it looks like to nurture and practice that inner child work with ourselves. But again, um, continuing to do this with your therapist or um, trauma coach or whoever it is that you are connected to, uh, to help you go deeper into that. So once again, codependence is putting other needs above your own, um, giving love in hopes of getting that love, that those accolades, that intimacy, that affection, that fidelity back. So this is about learning how to give it to yourself. One thing that I can share is something especially that I've learned over these last several years. I feel like my healing journey happens in stages and especially by way of this podcast, y'all can kind of hear, I'm sure y'all can kind of hear, and I know for sure my students behind the scenes have um, heard as well, but in each stage, I'm learning something new that I'm bringing here. So for me in this stage, something that I have learned is when people would say, learn how to give it to yourself for me, I felt like I kind of had that covered. You know, I would still listen because I really like to uh, learn. And maybe there's a new tip or a trick or a tool that I can hear from someone else and, um, and incorporate it in. But your girl has been independent for a long time. I know for sure. If it wasn't six, maybe it was five. But I, rem- I distinctly remember making a decision in my brain as a young child to not need to depend on anyone for help. So this idea of learning how to give love and give attention and give care to myself, again, I got it at an intellectual level, but I was like, those types of solutions and those those types of things are not really for me because I already, already give that to myself, you know, and I'm also... I'm already aware of what I want and what I need. Also have been traditionally very good at intellectualizing my emotions and being able to break them down and give you a, a clear 
not only a clear formula, but what it looks like when I feel a certain emotion and how I act, what my thought process behind it is. Like your girl was good at packaging, packaging and um, really breaking down what this self-care, self-love, intimacy thing looked like. So imagine my frustration (laughs) that there were still patterns of maybe not as strong as they were when I first started this journey, you know, a decade and some change ago, but, but still there are definitely remnants of that longing and that craving and that really needing someone and something outside of me that would still keep showing up, that would still keep showing up in certain places of my life that were under, not on my radar until they were, (laughs) until I was like, oh, how did this happen? How did this get here? How is this same pattern happening all over again? But it was because as much as, as me being independent is not the same as me learning how to give love to myself, y'all. For, for many of us, independence has been a very, very helpful and high-functioning coping mechanism that we have learned through years and decades of neglect, of abandonment, and having to be the only person here for us. And so when you are in that mode, that is a survival mode. That's not a mode that is connected to tenderness and care and creation and pleasure and frivolity. That is not um, a time that you get to look at yourself with admiration and awe and take care of you because you really like the person who's in the mirror. Like you truly enjoy her. Not that you think that she's she's cool or not that you think that she's talented, but you look at her and you're like, wow, I love you. Uh, you you don't get the chance to cultivate that. And especially if you're referring, referring, if you are falling back on that self-independence set of skills after a breakup, after a heartache, you're in repair mode. Again, you're in survival mode. You're doing it because you have to do it. You're doing it because it's what you know how to do. It's, it's about giving yourself back the reins of control that you lost when you uh, unfortunately gave some power and influence to people and to things that didn't deserve to have access to you. And so, um, so there's not really a lot, again, of, of softness around that. There's not really a lot of that, you know, that reward that you get when you're in codependent relationships that does feel warm, that does feel rich, that does feel mutual, which is the reason why you stay, which is the reason why you give, the reason why you invest. You don't really get that same feedback, that same mutuality with yourself when you are self-independent and in survival mode. And so learning the nuance of that and learning how to make that be more of a true romance and a true intimacy is so subtle. And unfortunately, y'all, it is a longer process, but it is worth talking about and dissecting and learning about, which is what we're going to be doing at the workshop, because the transformation is so freeing for those who are already on a decentering relationships um, timeline or trajectory. 
this is part of what gets you there. Not just um, deciding to table expectations and relationships is what you replace it with. I've often said, and depending on your background and other teachers that you may have um, who will say this, but addiction is not really the problem. When we think about folks who have a toothache and, you know, there's pain, it's throbbing, it, it really hurts. If a person was like, oh, the pain is the problem and diagnoses the pain as being the, the root cause, then they may think that going and getting some ointment to put on the pain, to put on the sore, is what's going to solve the problem. And so they may go and get it and it may work for a little bit, but that's not the root of the problem. The root of the problem is decay, is the rot, is what's underneath it that's causing the pain. And so the more you try to cover up the pain, the less you're actually getting at the root and it has more time to fester and to grow. And I think what happens sometimes is people, but the pain is actually the gift. The pain is actually what's letting you know that there's something deeper to give you um, a, an opportunity to fix it so that you can actually be healed and whole, right? The pain was never the problem. And so I think when it comes to things like codependence or love addiction or love avoidance, we can misdiagnose or misattribute those pains as being the problem and want to really get rid of that instead of getting at the root. I'm saying this because, so I'm saying this because when we are acting in codependence or love addiction or love avoidance, it is for a reason. It's we're not just doing it for shits and giggles. We're not just doing it because of misery. There is something that we are trying to achieve. There is a resolution that we are trying to accomplish. And so when you remove the source of that, when you are a codependent person, someone says, just stop being codependent and stop talking to people and stop overgiving but they don't give you anything to replace it with, it sends you into so much pain and turmoil and distress and nothing gets fixed. That, that is, it is not a better uh, option for someone to tell you who's so used to giving to other people and taking care of other people and, and having this promise of ultimate love and thanks and gratitude from someone outside of you. That is not attractive. It's not an attractive offer to to be free of that just because because you're doing that for a reason you're doing that because there's a real need underneath it same thing with love addiction same thing with love avoidance you're pushing people away you're staying in, in control you're having the walls up for a reason someone telling you just to start to trust and to let people in that is not attractive to you because you're doing it for a reason. You're doing, you're putting up these walls of protection and you are being very uh, hypervigilant and clear and concise and in detail with what you do and what you don't do. And you keep receipts for a reason. And so, and all of these things is so important for us to not only um, be able to pinpoint the root and the reasons why we do it, but also be replacing it with what we actually want. So that is why, I really encourage y'all to be in programs like mine, like the recovery school, or to be working with folks who, depending on whatever your presentation is, however it's showing up for you, to be working with someone who's going to help you not only 
talk about the trauma and talk about what's going on, but actually build real life skills and change your life patterns so that you don't return back to this later. So that the toothache does not get worse. And then you're like, well, dang it. None of these ointments work. You know, none of these pain meds work. What's the point of this? I'm always going to be in pain. No, you might be trying the wrong solution. And or you might be looking um, for something that's topical instead of actually looking at something that's more internal. And so clearing that out and then replacing it with something that's actually going to help you heal is probably the best next step. So let's talk about what you actually replace it with. They are called boundaries. We replace these codependent patterns with boundaries. So I've already shared in previous episodes and shares that boundaries are not rules that you tell other people and uh, require them to follow. Boundaries are about the standards and expectations that you have for yourself. What are your own personal rules for, for engagement? How do you plan to conduct yourself? What are the things that you expect of other people when they are not able to, are not willing to, do not want to, do not know how to show up for you? How are you going to navigate yourself? Not what is it, how are you going to try to get them to change and transform um, according to your request? That is not the same as me saying that you're not going to advocate for yourself or stand up for yourself or defend yourself if someone uh, does something that is hurtful or harmful to you. Absolutely. But I think a lot of times people who are not only codependent, but people who are unfamiliar with boundaries will come up with these set of rules and regulations and then go to their partner or their mom or their sister and they lay it out. They're like, from now on, this is what's going to happen. You cannot control a whole other adult person. You can you can't even really control yourself, right? Like you're trying to get your own emotions and minds and, and actions right. So it's more looking at this is what I want to feel. This is how I want to show up. This is what I want to be different. Now, with this being me month, I'm going to really encourage you that these rules of engagement that you have are not focused on other people, but they are focused on yourself. I know that I've um, spent a lot of this episode talking about uh, us in relation to other people and already shared why, but it this really is about learning how to see yourself as not only your own entity, but your own valuable entity that is worth being championed, preserved, prioritized, seen, celebrated for her to be the head honcho, for her to be the main character, for her to be the ultimate prize, for her to be the goddess and the queen in this situation, for you to not shrink back when someone calls you queen. And um, but actually in, in every single facet and right for you to actually to receive it. So what does it look like? And I kind of talked about some of these questions in the opening episode. So I know I listed the two episodes that we had before me month, but I had like a bonus episode that I released on a Sunday. I want to say if it wasn't New Year's Eve, it was New Year's Day where I gave y'all a whole list of questions to do some self-examination about your relationship with yourself and how you're showing up in all these places. And so with your emotions, this is one type of boundaries for you to have. Are you aware of how you feel? Do you know what it feels like to feel these emotions in your body? Are you having people who are um, not that you are not sharing your emotions with? How safe do you feel to share these emotions and not and, and just in general? 
and and not really based on other people but do you in general keep these emotions to yourself but do you notice if these your freedom to share your emotions changes depending on who's around your mental boundaries so how do you feel about your own thoughts and opinions do you think your thoughts and feelings are worth sharing do you actually share them And do you actually know what your thoughts and opinions actually are? Um, Sometimes we can feel very indignant that we deserve to be respected and we deserve to be heard. But then when someone asks you what is it that you actually think and that you feel, you have not actually really been asked it. And even even if someone did, you can kind of get so flustered because you may be someone who flip-flops on how you feel and how you think, depending on how other people feel and how they think. Um, which is totally a sign of codependency. And so what is it that you actually feel? Um, Are you spending time in relationships where you actually have fun? Do you know what makes you have fun? Do you know what makes you feel lifted up? Do you prioritize places that only make you feel in that way? Are you always the caretaker when you're around? Your spiritual boundaries. Are you only in relationships with folks who are bullying you, manipulating you, doing some mind control tactics around you to take down your own beliefs? How do you feel about your beliefs? How is it that you want to communicate your own spiritual beliefs and enact them financially? Are you taking care of yourself financially? Are you contributing to yourself before you contribute to others? Are you comfortable growing? Um, Do you feel shame? Do you feel... um, as if, and by shame, shame, shame can mean so many different things, which we're going to talk about in our money month. But sometimes there could be shame of you um, not being in the financial place that you want to be in. Sometimes it could be shame that you have more money than other people. Sometimes it could be shame that you are not in the place that you should be, even though you may be by all measures successful, but because of your own internal barometer of feeling not enough, you never feel enough. So how are you showing up financially when it comes to that? As sexual boundaries, are you advocating for your needs? Do you know what it is that you actually need? Are you taking care of yourself outside of romantic partnerships? Are you taking care of yourself within romantic partnerships? Um, Do you know what you feel like? Do you have a relationship with your sexual organs? Do you look at it in the mirror? Would it be very disassociating for you to look at it in the mirror, to touch it, to feel where the folds are, to feel where the lumps are, to get to know that different part of yourself? You know, there is a technique that I just learned about called vulva mapping that may be really helpful for those who uh, really do have a trauma response or shame response, which may be the same. Uh, but really, there is a there's a physical addiction disconnection from you having physical intimacy with that portion of your body. And as you learning how to be in touch with that part of your body without all of the pressure or the association with with it being wrong or it being dirty or even the sexual pressure that sometimes happens for some of us where that region is only for um, having our menstrual cycle. If we have a cycle, birthing children, if we are able to birth children or for sexual pleasure, but sometimes that's even for just the sexual pleasure of somebody else, that there really is a big disconnection that there's a therapeutic process called vulva mapping that assists with that. Again, I just learned about it and I was intrigued about it. And so I knew that this episode was coming up and sexual boundaries 
boundaries is one of the things that I uh, was going to be mentioning. And so wanted to share that here in case it is helpful for you or for that to point you in the direction to find something that may be a better fit in case that is not the right fit for you. In the past, I have talked about pelvic floor physical therapy, uh, which sounds like there's probably a lot of overlapping with that, depending on the practitioner's training and the technique. But that is a direction for you to go. Okay, so that is it for today's episode. I should have known when I said it was going to be short that it wasn't going to be short. (laughs) One of the ways that I always kind of, um, I guess, I don't want to say jinx myself, but uh, underestimate uh, what I have to share for that episode or what needs to come out. So I hope that what was shared, it was helpful. And hopefully that you can share with others who may need it. So that is it for today's episode. I look forward to seeing you all this Saturday at uh, well, what day? <laughs> at 10 a.m. CST on Saturday, January 20th. If you are international, if you are not able to join at that time, but you still have questions that you would like to have submitted, you can still join as this is a virtual workshop and you get access to the replay and all questions answered. So again, you can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash 2024. 2024 um, as we have a multi-part workshop and this is just the first about building a self-romance and and feeling fulfilled within and of course recovery school students you get a discount as well so if you had not already used your discount to attend feel free to reach out to us so you can get that code and we can all go from there all right That's it for now. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week and I will see you in the next one. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.